Headlines have been a buzz about the seven horses that had died at Churchill Downs in the lead-up to the Kentucky Derby. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. I called on Wisconsin School of Veterinary Medicine Dean Mark Markell to help us understand the risks of competing in such a sport and then tie it back to what Wisconsin horse owners should be thinking about ahead of rodeos or other competitions this summer. Dean Mark Markell is also a certified equine surgeon, and he says the risk for your horse is going to vary depending on breed, age, and type of sport. Thoroughbred racehorses have their own unique considerations. The thoroughbred racehorse who typically starts training relatively young, you know, in their twos and races, at least in these kinds of races, like the Kentucky Derby in their threes, is, you know, a younger horse than what most people would be, you know, using in the, in the scenarios that you talked about that would typically be in Wisconsin. I mean, a lot of those horses are, you know, at least a year or two older than that. And so one of the issues in racehorses, particularly thoroughbred racehorses, is, you know, they enter um, their athletic careers so young, they still need to remodel the, their skeletons into kind of adult maturity. And during that process, if they're trained, I wouldn't say excessively, but trained to, in a way that their skeleton can't keep up with what the demands are, then you might have things like happened last week in Churchill Downs and the week before occur. Um, it's much less common in older horses in the sense that horses that enter whatever their profession is going to be, whatever their sport's going to be at an older age, because they've already had a chance to have their skeleton mature. It doesn't mean that injuries don't occur. Any athlete, whether it's human, equine, or dog, is going to be predisposed to injury depending on how hard they're pushed. I want to go back to the age factor. Help us understand why those racehorses are trained at such a young age. Well, realistically, it's because that's the way it's always been done, and that's how all that's kind of the history of you know the Triple Crown in particular. I mean, there's certainly lots of horses that race at an older age and never race at that age. But if you, I personally have no control over this, but you know the way it's been for whatever hundred years plus, that's the ages that you know that the horses are raced at, and you know they're even bred so that they could be as old as is possible, but still qualify for, you know, those, the Triple Crown in this example, those races. Uh, When you're talking about the Breeders' Cup and others, those horses tend to be older. Um, One thing that is true that you have to be careful of is it doesn't help you take a horse and not do any exercise, meaning just have it out in pasture or whatever, and then start training it for racing at age three or four. It still then would have to go through that same bone remodeling process to adapt to racehorse conditions. So, what would be true, and is typically true in the UK and other places around the world, is they t- tend to race horses about a year later. So they take two years for that training, maybe starting you know in their twos or early threes, um, but they don't push them quite as fast and quite as hard because they don't have to make you know a May Kentucky Derby as an example. For folks competing with their horse this summer and various activities, what advice do you have on what to do before or after the competition to prevent injury to the animal? I think the most important thing is have um, either they, if they're a very talented horse person or a veterinarian or somebody that has a really good eye, because, you know, most of the time, and it's not always true, but most of the time a horse will exhibit some variety of lameness um, that might be subtle Uh, that, you know, people that aren't used to looking at lame horses um, might not even pick up. And if you detect it when it's subtle, you know, when it's a mild 
lameness caused by something that, you know, you could, a veterinarian could figure out, then you know that you should back off or you know you shouldn't enter that competition and those kinds of things. And so I think having experienced people look at you on your horse and, and you know, obviously this isn't going to happen every day, but if you notice any difference in, you know, how they're eating or they're more reluctant to do something that they were happy to do the day before or two days before that, don't ignore that. Pay attention to it because usually that's a sign that something's up. Uh, might be something, you know, simple, but it also could be something that's the beginning of something that could be more catastrophic if you decided to do something. You know, the, in, our, in a thoroughbred racehorse, they're going at such high speeds that that's one of the reasons there's so much energy in, at that speed. That's one of the reasons why those injuries tend to be more challenging. Um, that In all the scenarios you described, those animals tend to go um, at much slower speeds. Obviously, in some of the rodeo work, they go very fast for a short period of time and they do a lot of cutting. Uh, and so there is certainly the possibility that they, you know, have a fracture that occurs or, or an injury to a tendon or a ligament that occurs in that competition. Uh, and it's not always true that they're lame or even subtly lame first, but that's something that as a horse owner, I would pay a lot of attention to. University of Wisconsin Vet School Dean Mark Markell along with us. And I want you to help me and our listeners understand why euthanization happens in some scenarios. Why can't you just cast up a horse and, and wait for it to recover? What can't horses recover from? So the first thing to know is horses do very poorly in casts. So they tend to have relatively thin skin. They're totally different than ruminants like cattle or even sheep. It doesn't mean you can't treat an injury with a cast for a period of time, but I'd say almost never in today's world, as of 50, 40 years ago, do we treat fractures in horses with a cast. What we typically do is use plates and screws. I'd say for the majority of fractures in horses, they're treatable. Now, the big difference with the horses that are racing is they're going at such high speeds when these injuries occur that the bone doesn't just fracture. It sometimes pulls apart into a thousand pieces, as an example. And often in those injuries, they've also damaged the soft tissues, the skin is open, and they've also damaged the vascular, the blood supply to the areas below that fracture. And so those all, all make it extraordinarily challenging to treat. The other thing to remember is depending on what the animal's gender is, if it's a female that could potentially go back to breeding, um, then that's an option sometimes because often when we repair these fractures, it depends on the fracture. Some we can repair to be an athletic animal again. Some will repair and you can be perfectly comfortable walking around, but you're never going to be an athlete again. And so horses that are a mare or a potential stud, they'd have the ability to become breeding animals. A horse that's a gelding, it's challenging for some of those owners because particularly if we're talking about the Kentucky Derby kind of horse who might be, you know, insured for a million plus dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars, for that individual, there might be little value if that person, that horse is just sitting on a pasture modestly lame. So they, they may elect to euthanize because they, they know the horse will never be sound enough to be an athlete. And, you know, in the end, they feel like it's the best for the individual since you're not going to be useful for anything else as far as breeding to have to go down the path of euthanasia. And certainly that's something that nobody wants to have to do. Dean Markell, anything else you wanted to add before I let you go? Another faculty member and I, uh, because of these issues about nine years ago, we felt that x-rays, meaning radiographs, could not detect some of these minor 
mild lesions that might lead to these fractures. So we work with a medical physicist named Rock Mackey and created an upright vertical CT scanner with the idea that you can scan a horse standing, you don't have to anesthetize them, and hopefully detect these lesions if you have any concern so that they won't fracture their limbs in competition. UW had the first one. We have scanners all over the world now. In fact, in the Melbourne Cup, which is the Australian version of the Kentucky Derby, you're not allowed to race unless you get scanned with our scanner. And so we're hoping over coming years that that might be more standard practice across racetracks around the world. And we have one at UW. So if anybody ever feels through their veterinarian that they need to have a CT scan done with their horse, they don't have to be anesthetized. It's just they're mildly tranquilized. Um, you're able to scan both front limbs or both hind limbs in about 20 seconds. So it's, it's actually very handy. That's Wisconsin School of Veterinary Medicine Dean Mark Markell along with us, giving us some perspective following the news at Churchill Downs. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.